don't know if I really love this decision. Over the middle, got his man, and look at him go! Jalen Waddle for the touchdown! Welcome to Inside Leverage, your gateway to the fascinating realm of the Miami Dolphins. Join us as we delve deep into the team's dynamic Super Bowl journey. We invite you to share your most scorching takes, unwind, and relish in our captivating We got some good news. We have our first guest on. Let's uh, let's have a, a a great, well, warm welcome for Mr. Ian Cummings. What's going on, Mr. Ian? Appreciate you coming on, my brother. Yes, sir. Hey, hey, Mr. Ian, how you doing, man? How you? Welcome. Doing good. How are you guys? All yeah, right, good, man. So uh, I know I know some of the people and some of our viewers are not familiar with uh, your work, so. The floor is yours. Why don't you give us a little breakdown of what you, you know, who you are, what you do, and how you got to where you are now. Well, yeah, uh, Ian Cummings, NFL Draft, basically. That's kind of the, the name of the game this time of year. We got the um, offseason here for all but two teams, right? So it's kind of, you know, it's, it's a long process up until April, but the buildup is great. Free agency, you get to fill in more gaps and kind of figure out what exactly you need. But that's basically my focus through the entire year, right? So during the regular season for college football, I'm watching tape week in and week out, kind of getting an updated view of these guys, right? And then filling out big boards, writing scouting reports. And so now we just have the all-star circuit. So the Shrine Bowl, the Senior Bowl, we had content for that too. The NFL Combine uh, at the tail end of this month is going to be more content for that. And then it's just a big ramp up to the NFL draft and who each team takes. So analyzing those guys is what I do. You can find me at IC underscore draft on Twitter. Ask me any questions. Hit me up with any draft questions you have, and I'll be happy to answer them. My content you can find at PFN365, Pro Football Network. We got fantasy, draft. But this time of year, man, the ramp up to the draft, this is kind of what I live for, right? So I'm always uh, – this is kind of my, my Super Bowl, right? So I, I love it. I love kind of – you know, learning more about these players and, you know, it's still a long way to go. Hey, Ian. Well, uh, again, thank you so much for coming through. Listen, I'm I'm here with the guru, offensive line guru, uh, Wally, and we just want to know. We know the top heavy guys in the first two, maybe three rounds. Yeah. What are your guys that are sleepers that you think can be day one stars or at least contributor debt pieces in the uh, third to fifth, maybe sixth round, in your opinion? Day one starter, I won't commit to the day one starter label because I feel like those guys get elevated into round one and two sometimes, right? It just kind of a, it, it just kind of dictates it, right? Some sleepers that I like at offensive tackle, though. One guy that I really like is Yale's Kieran Amagaji. He wasn't able to uh, participate in the all-star circuit because he had a quad injury that ended the season prematurely that he needed surgery for, had successful surgery on it. 6'5", 320. He's got almost 36-inch arms. The dude is a mauler. He's super athletic, uh, very, very strong, powerful. You could tell watching FCS tape, he did not belong there, right? He belonged at the FBS level. He really sticks out, but very explosive, very agile, flexible for his size, and actually improved his technical skills this year before he uh, lost the injury. So 
You don't hear his name a lot. Kieran Amagaji from Yale is one guy that I like. He's got tackle and guard experience too. So very good player. Delmar Glaze from Maryland is another one that I really like. He was at the Senior Bowl this week. A little up and down, but he's got the tools. He's very long. He's very um, He's got good mass, very compact for his size, good knee bend. Lateral mobility is there. Really good pass protector. You want him to kind of improve his power drive as a run blocker. But I think from day one, if you're looking for a guy who can protect the quarterback and kind of maintain depth of the pocket, Delmar Glaze is definitely a guy. And the one more I'll throw out there, I could take all day if we want to. I could just keep rattling off names. But Roger Rosengarten from Washington is another one that I like a lot. He's a little bit lighter. And uh, the play strength is a little bit, you know, you want it to get stronger. But he's very athletic. The short area explosiveness and recovery flexibility is insane with him. He's got good length, right? Really good combative hand usage and synergy for his age, too. Only a redshirt junior. So natural right tackle, right? So you might have to shift him to left tackle if you want to move him there. But I think the tools are really, really compelling to work with. So a few guys that come to the top of my head, right? Uh, I think this is a really deep offensive line class. So whatever you need, uh, different archetypes, different skill sets, this class has it all. Can I get one more question in? I just need two. Two guards, one, I mean, two center slash guard, one and that's you, top two. Speaking, and then I had to, I got it. I had to, I had to pull a French a little bit. I had to wow. pull a French. You feel it? I had to. <laughs> so one um, that's in the first two rounds or first three, um, a guard center. And then the, the last, your two guys that you're more keen on this coming draft. Uh, is that all within the guard center mold? All, all of that? Yes. The first one. Okay. Um, I would say in the first two rounds, I mean, come on, Jackson Powers Johnson, right? I mean, that's the first <laughs> name. That, wow. Come on. That's a gimme in the first two wow. rounds, man. I mean, the guy dominated the senior bowl. I'm taking him in the second round, though. I'm taking him in the second round. I don't think he's going to make it to the second round. I don't think he's going to make not. it. I think he's just too good, man. He's he's a top 20 prospect on my board, personally. I think, you know, 6'3", 330, moving the way he does, first off. I mean, the physical tools are definitely there. But at 21 years old, he's already very refined for his age, technically. Uh, again, really good pass blocking, synergy, lateral mobility. There was that one rep against his entire senior, senior bowl showing was dominant, right? But I think that rep against Michael Hall Jr., Ohio State, even the tackle, really kind of hit the nail on the head for what he brings to the table, matching him athletically, but also maintaining his base, right keeping a steady base and steady footwork combating the hand usage keeping him within his frame you know the patience the the precision right for such a young player is really impressive so jpj i don't know if he's going to be there in round two i think if you're the if you're the dolphins specifically and you really need a center uh you might want to consider taking him with that first rounder right i think he's worth the capital there uh so he's the one in the early rounds a couple guys that i like in the later rounds Tanner Bordellini from Wisconsin, probably an early day three guy. He's still kind of refining his center skill set because this was his first year this past year playing that position full time. He's kind of a guard by nature, but I think if you give him more reps at center, he can start to fall into that. I think he's got really good explosiveness, really good power drive as a run blocker. You ask him to drive guys, plow lanes open, he can do that. Uh, just working with his leverage right as a pass blocker, a little bit more work to do there, but I think the tools are absolutely there with him. And then one more that I'll throw out there, I think this is a later round guy. I think round six, round seven maybe he goes in round five if a team likes him a lot they could take him a little actually two more mason mccormick from south dakota state forgot to I knew it. 
But I, I really like him. He really showed out the Shrine Bowl. I would take him early day three. I really like the, the tools that he has to work with. And then Bo Limmer from Arkansas, he's a later round guy. He's probably round six or round seven for me personally. But you've got a, a good frame, good width. I think he plays square very well. I think the leveraging, you know, kind of loading his base and keeping his base beneath him is something that he can improve on. Goes a little upright sometimes, but he's very strong. He's very wide and just a blocky guy who kind of occlude those lanes for defenders. I think you've got a lot of center guard versatility in this class again, which, you know, it's, it's a good thing to have. Yeah, those are those are all my guys. Ian, those are all my guys. Loving those uh, guys. Checking the boxes, man. Yeah, checking all the boxes there, man. So um, he mentioned a real one, which is Rose Rose from from Washington. Rose Rose Garden. Yeah, we were we were we were just talking about him not too long ago, man. He he showed some uh some some tackle versatility. Showed a little bit on both sides. I think there's some there to work with. Some some good tools. I'm excited about him. So uh, going into this draft, um. A lot of the focus for us is on Christian Wilkins this offseason on the defensive tackle position. He, it looks like, you know, he may or may not price himself out of Miami. Um, who are some guys that you think could we could maybe plug in um, at defensive tackle? And uh, why is it Byron Murphy? Why is it Byron Murphy, man? I think it's funny. That was the first name I was going to bring up, too. My God. The synergy here, man. I love it. Uh, Byron Murphy, the second, I think you got to get him with that first rounder if you want him. I don't think he's going to last too far after that, but I do think he's worth it again. He's actually right next to JPJ on my big board. So both top 20 guys, both very much worth the pick. Byron Murphy, the second, uh, big fan of his game. Around 6'1", 308, right? But dude is super dense, super compact, twitchy, energetic, high motor guy. Uh, very good run defender. I think that gets lost sometimes because he's so, he's so exciting as a pass rusher, right? The instant explosiveness, the lateral agility, the torque in his hands. But as a run blocker, too, very well leveraged, very strong. Uh, he's very good at absorbing contact. And you actually see him absorbing some combo blocks on tape, right? You know, something that you wouldn't really expect a 6-1 guy to do, but he can do it. So I think, you know, for what Christian Wilkins does, right, kind of generating displacement with his straight line power, but also being a solid run defender, right, and having that pass rushing upside, Byron Murphy the second for me. Probably your top option if you're going for that. But if you don't get that, I think on day two, there are a lot of solid options. Ruke, shoot. I got I to gotta practice this name. Ruke Aroraro from Clemson. Wow. I, I got I got to practice that one in the mirror like five times every morning, I swear. But he's a fun player, man. He's around 6'4", 300 again. So the straight line power is very appealing with him. He's a little more versatile alignment-wise. You can move him around. But very explosive, very sound, intelligent run defender. And he's got great torque and explosiveness as a pass rusher too. Dwayne Carter from Duke is another one that I like a lot. He's a little bit, he's pretty stout, compact, but again, really explosive, very, very good player, very workmanlike. I, I really like what he showed at the Senior Bowl this week, straight line power and pass rushing drills, but also in team drills, really showing the, the gap identification skills to penetrate the pocket early, you know, make plays in the backfield. He did that up very, very consistently. And at the same time too, I think he was a three-time team captain, so you know you're getting a great locker room presence from him. Uh, there's so many more guys. I think for the Miami Dolphins in particular, you're looking for that three-tech role. Uh, you know, you've got a lot of options in this class. I think a lot of guys who can kind of disrupt, play off the nose tackle, and kind of fill that gap if you do need to fill it. I think there are options. What are your thoughts on Christian Boyd? Christian Boyd, yeah, Northern, yeah. Northern Iowa. Yeah, he... He's a riser, man. He's a riser. I think if you can get him on early day three, I, he could be one of those FCS guys who maybe sneaks into the top 100. I don't know what's going to happen, but I think in the middle rounds for sure, I think 
you know, again, so stout, well leveraged, right? He's got a lot of mass, but he wears it pretty well. And just for me, what showed up is that he was just overpowering guys, right? You know, it's a one-on-one -on -one situation in the Shrine Bowl, and he's overpowering you because he's stronger, he's more powerful, he's more tenacious, right, at the point. I think what he showed, you know, is that he's got not only the NFL frame, but the NFL athleticism and the NFL mentality to produce the next level. So I think, you know, anytime there's an FCS to FBS leap, FCS to NFL leap, uh, it's going to be a little bit of, of a projection. But I really liked what I saw from him. I think, you know, his production at the FCS level didn't always do justice the impact that he had, not just as a space occupier, but as kind of make a guy who makes quarterbacks and running backs uncomfortable, throws them off course. And then we saw him one-on-ones. He's got the tools to disrupt. So I like him a lot. He's another guy at the FCS level. I think a pretty good value deal. Hey, Ian, uh, thank you so much. I, I got a two-part question for you. I, I do want to start it out as a <laughs> because, uh, Oh, God. I my thunder. I, I stopped putting my notes inside the group. All right. So, <laughs> you see, I learned from the best, right? You see, I learned from the best. Wow, here we go. Here we go. Go ahead, Fred. Go ahead, Fred. Go ahead, Fred. Go ahead, Fred. What do you – I know there's a BYU offensive lineman and a Utah uh, – a guy from Utah, uh, Satoya. Uh, have, have you heard or looked at any of their tape, and what do you think about those guys? And can you tell me a guy that everybody's talking about that you will stay away for uh, – that you will stay away from? A guy that everybody's giving all this hype and praise, but you don't think it might translate to the next level or just a guy you're not high on? Yeah, I think um, those first two, it was Satoa Lamea and Kingsley Suamataya, I believe, the BYU guy. Uh, Lamea is, I like him a lot as an early day three guy. I think, you know, there's still some work to do with leverage and pad level and power drive. I think he's still kind of working on that synergy. But uh, he caught my eye back in 2022 uh, when he was playing a guard, I believe. And he's a very powerful player. You know, he's got the power profile. He's got the, the natural leverage and proportional length. That one thing I look for, like, if you're 6'4", over 320, and you've got, like, over 33-inch arms, right, that shows that it's a little bit easier for you to play low but also make contact first and drive power with your hands. And he's got that. He's got that profile for sure. So I love that. He's physical. He's tenacious. I think all of the physical and, and mental traits are there to work with. It's just you're going to need some more refinement on the leverage management side from him. But he's got tackle guard versatility. I think for me, early to midday three, get him in your rotation as a really good, solid, versatile depth piece. You can feel comfortable with him playing a tackle or guard by year two or three if he needs to in a pinch and maybe some starter upside. Kingsley Suomataya is a little bit – is not a little bit, a lot of it higher on my board. He's a top 50 guy for me, uh, but he's super explosive. I mean, Blake Freeland jumped out of the gym last year, 37-inch vertical, I think, fellow BYU product. Suomataya might get close to that too. I mean, the dude is insanely explosive off the line, and he's super physical too. He can really leverage his burst into power with his length and his mass. Uh, I think for him – Balance can be a little bit of an issue sometimes, bends at the waist occasionally. I think he improved at that, his pass protection, his synergy, and he's got some really good reps of, you know, hand usage and footwork and getting depth on his kick. And one thing I really liked at the Senior Bowl, he took a few lumps early on, but he developed through the week and kind of built on his, his week, you know, day by day. And by the end of it, he was actually putting on some pretty good tape. So I think, you know, showing that that gradual incremental growth within the week, right? You know, getting NFL coaching, really good to see. So Suamataya, he's got left-right versatility as well, which is an added bonus. Uh, he's a guy who I think could go round one after his testing, but if you can get him in round two, too, I think, you know, solid value. I think how these tackles settle is going to be interesting because there's so many of them, but uh, he's one of the good ones for sure. One guy that I'm a little bit lower on, 
you know, I always try to be constructive with my analysis. I'm never going to completely rag on a guy, right? But um, one guy that I am a little bit lower on relative to the consensus, I would say, is Houston's Patrick Paul. Uh, he's more of a, Thank you. More of a late day two, early day three guy for me. I know he's gotten some fringe round one hype. Uh, the dude is massive. I'm, he's got that going for him. He's like 6'7", 320, 36-inch arms. So those arms, you know, it's just tough to get by him, period, right? You know, he's so massive, and he does have really good power in his punches. For me, he's not a great athlete, right? I think he's a passable athlete, but I think the flexibility at his size. Tyler Guyton is 6'7", too, and I think it's a noticeable difference with how they move, how they align themselves, how flexible they are. I do have really big concerns with Patrick Paul's recovery athleticism, right? You know, his hinge flexibility when he has to bend to kind of regain positioning. And then at the same time, there's some pretty glaring technical deficiencies with him, too. I think his arms... His hands are too wide very often, and playing as upright as he as he does sometimes, it'll expose him to power at the NFL level, and I don't really trust his ability to recover from that. So um, early day three for me probably on Patrick Paul. I think, you know, someone's going to take him day two just because the tools are pretty alluring. But, um, you know, a lot, to, a lot of work to do, and I don't trust the flexibility to kind of aid his recovery enough. All right, Ian, I'm going to say everybody's, you know, everybody's trending with the two-part questions. I, I'm going to go ahead and get my two questions in. <laughs> uh, you're you're the Dolphins, <clears throat> and you're you're on the clock on, on 21. Who are you picking? And the you, the Miami Hurricanes have, like, four or five players that we might be – that I think that could help us. Javion Cohen at left guard, Leonard Taylor at defensive tackle. You got the, the Williams safeties. Which out of those guys would you see a better fit with a Dolphin? Yeah. All right. So first part, who would I take at 21? It does depend on who's there. But the guy that I've – the last couple of times I've mocked for them, Jackson Powers Johnson. I hate to provide a repeat answer. Right? <laughs> I, try to, I, try to, I try to cover my bases, but I really like I, – I just really like you've got potential free agents at guard and center, right? You've got potential holes there. And I think people undervalue – the need for quality interior blocking at the NFL level, not just with the the influx of quality defensive tackles, right? There's a lot of disruptors in that defensive tackle rotation in the NFL. But also we're kind of seeing as defenses start to modernize, they're using more sim pressures. They're using more loopers, stunters, right? Sometimes you got Micah Parsons coming down, you know, looping to zero tech and blasting your center off his, off his boots, right? So, you know, you've got to have guys who can be prepared for that. I think, you know, interior offensive line is starting to – close the gap on tackle with its value. Tackle is always going to be very valuable because especially left tackle or in the Dolphins case, right tackle, the quarterback can't see him. So you don't want, it's not in his line of sight. So you want him to, you know, be confident, comfortable knowing that that's secure. But um, I think the interior is very important. I don't think you should skimp on it. And I think JPJ, a high level guy, still 21 years old, who can play guard or center. Uh, for me, that really takes precedence. But I think if Byron Murphy, the second is there too, that's very compelling. If Jerzon Newton is somehow there, I would really love that pick. I'm a big fan of him still. I know there's been a little bit of a dilution lately, but, you know, he's such a good football player and he's so flexible, right? I think that's one thing that won me over with him is his flexibility. He's very strong, very compact, well-leveraged again, super explosive, you know, refined with his hands. But this is a guy who can shade out to five tech and win with ankle flexion around the tackle at his size. It's absurd, right? So I think that hyper elite flexibility is going to allow him to be a very, very good player no matter what. So 
you know, those are a few guys that stand out to me. And uh, one situation that I've been kind of pondering is maybe cornerback. I don't think cornerback. I would rather go with that on day two. But I know Xavier Howard's long-term future with the team is a little bit uncertain. I know Cam Smith, the returns haven't been great for him. I think they give him a little bit more time. He's talented. I would do it. But, you know, if there's a very good corner on the board, too, like, hey, maybe BPA, right? We'll see. But I, I would lean JPJ. I would lean JPJ. And then the, the second question Miami defense, Miami prospects that could be a good fit. I definitely look at Javion Cohen as a potential fit. I know he's a really experienced guard. He had some good reps at the Senior Bowl. I think, you know, stiffness can be a little bit of an issue for him at times. I think, you know, sometimes getting over his skates and lurching, bending at his waist a little bit. But he's got got great torque in his punches. He's super physical, uh, great size to work with. I think you could be looking at a future starter. Uh, James Williams could be an option for you if at the optimal value. He's kind of interesting because he's a safety linebacker hybrid, probably going to play linebacker at the next level, but he's very explosive. I know he's a former five-star recruit. He's going to test out of this world. And me personally, I think looking at some of his safety reps, even going back to 2022, I do think there's a competent coverage profile there. I think you have a guy who does have a pretty fluid backpedal for his size, who knows how to match routes and zone. Uh, and so I think the, and the ball skills are there too. So I could foresee a future for him where he's kind of a safety linebacker hybrid, right? Just let him attack in the box, let him attack plays, attack blocks, and just blast guys off their feet, right? I I love the the sledgehammer profile that he provides, and I think that you know in the as defense is modernized, just having guys who have that size, that speed, that physicality to attack offenses, kind of obliterate their schemes. Uh, that could be fun too. So I like him a lot. Cameron Kitchens, I, I think he might be a little redundant with Javon Holland. So I would probably lean Williams as, the, as that kind of compliment. But um, those are a few guys from Miami's roster who stand out to me. All right, Ian. <clears throat> My question is pretty pretty quick and 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 straightforward, I guess you could say. Um, not so much in early rounds, but maybe in the mid to later rounds. Is there any tight ends that stick out? to you that maybe can fit in our system because that's something that's sticking out like a sore thumb for us some sort of you know seam threat good hands big body guy that you can probably pick up yeah i think looking at the senior bowl group from this past week there's a lot of options there i think jaheem bell from florida state is one that i would consider i think just the ways that mike mcdaniel would be able to use him as a rack threat but then i think you know one thing because people build him as kind of a pure rack threat right coming into the senior bowl kind of an h-back type but he really shows some good things as a route runner. I think using his elite explosiveness and speed and then throttling through zones and getting open with those traits, I think that was a really good thing that he showed. So Jaheim Bell, for me, I think he's a little bit more complete than people let on. He's a little smaller at 6'2", 244, but the dude is dense. He's a rack weapon, and he can separate. I think the profile is really appealing there. Theo Johnson from Penn State, you, you talk about seam threats. The dude is six foot six, 260, and he might run in the four fours. That's a seam threat all the way. Uh, freak athlete, right? He's very explosive, very fast. But then at the Senior Bowl, too, you know, he was using that speed and bent to carve through coverages, and he had really good zone awareness and spatial instincts and pretty good hands, too. So I think Theo Johnson is rising up the board. He's got some rack appeal, too. So, you know, you like to see those guys. And then I think Jared Wiley from TCU is a little bit underrated. I like him a lot. I think focus drops can be a concern sometimes, but I think he's a very smooth athlete. Again, you're looking for an easy accelerator with that flexibility to kind of test angles and manipulate coverage angles through the seam and get open. He's got that. He's six foot seven, two fifty five, so he can you know use his frame to box guys out and make catches over the middle of the field. I like Jared Wiley a lot. He's kind of a sleeper for me. So 
I think those are my top options. If you want to go a little bit later, Dallin Holker from Colorado State is a sleeper that I like. I think he's another very fluid athlete, very good body control, very good catching instincts. Uh, and I think there's going to be value there. So those are some of the top names that stand out to me for the Miami Dolphins at tight end. I think, you know, just getting getting a guy with that fluid athleticism and the explosiveness to kind of breach the seam, but then also having that added rack element because we know McDaniel can be creative with his weapons. Uh, I think that's a great bonus to have too. So, uh, Ian, let me ask you, um, the Dolphins are dealing with some issues at pass rusher. Uh, Chubb and Phillips are both nursing injuries, ACL and Achilles. Um, what are some guys in the draft that maybe you think could maybe fill in on day two or maybe even just a little bit later? Um, I'm pretty high on uh, Jonah Ellis and uh, Braylon Trice. Uh, thoughts on them and uh, maybe some other uh, pass rushers the Dolphins should keep an eye on. Um, going through. I'm not I'm not sure uh, what scheme we're going to be running with Anthony Weaver, but. That's what I was that's what I was gonna say, man. It's gonna be interesting to see the shift from Fangio to Weaver. I think I'm hoping Weaver will bring some of the principles that the Ravens showed in their in this previous season with Mike McDonald, because I mean, who wouldn't, right? That was a great defense to watch. I think um, you know, things that I look for when I'm looking at that Ravens defense, if that's what we're projecting is explosiveness, size, straight line power, but then also enough bend to kind of you know, build off of that too. I think the versatility aspect will be appealing. So Jonah Ellis could be an option. I think he's a, probably a little bit smaller than what they'll prefer. 6'2", 245, 250. Uh, but the dude is a very good football player. I'll say that. I, I would not be averse to them picking him because he's explosive. He's twitchy. Uh, he knows how to supplement his rushing angles and kind of use his hands and feet in tandem. Uh, very deep pass rushing arsenal, right? He can stack counters very quickly. And he's got the bend to rush the arc and breach the pocket. So I really like the pass rushing tools that you're working with there. I do question how he's going to hold up at the edge as an edge setter. So, you know, that might be a question. But Braylon Trice, uh, I think you're kind of having the opposite problem. I think you have a guy who's very explosive, very powerful, not the most bendy, not the most flexible in his midsection. And so I think that can lock him up at the apex sometimes. So that can be a struggle, but you know, the dude is very explosive. He's very strong and you see the lateral agility on those inside outside counters that he works with the swim moves. Uh, he's got violent hands, heavy hands, and he can direct guys. So I really like him a lot. And I think he will hold up a little bit better uh, as a run defender too. So a few other guys that are kind of in that day three or day two mix. One guy that I scouted just today, wrote up the scouting report, Marshawn Neeland from Western Michigan. Uh, wasn't super productive at the MAC level, but uh, had a very good senior bowl week. He's around 6'3", 268, 34-inch arms. So I think the power profile is definitely there. You go back to the Broncos and, and watch their tape, and you know he's an edge guy, right? He'll play at 7-tech, right, wide 9, uh, stand-up rusher, or he'll play at like 5-I and you know with his hand in the dirt. But there are reps, too, where they line him up as a shaded guy over the zero tech right he's like a middle linebacker and then he just charges in the center with that straight line power and blasts the pocket back so they used him as a sledgehammer right and i think that kind of like a battering ram and you look at the ravens right the versatility with their edge group i think he could provide that too i'm very high on what he has to offer um brandon Dorless from oregon is another guy that kind of comes to mind with if you're looking at power if you're looking at versatility uh six three i think around 270 280 uh, and he's got long levers for arms, too. He's very, very uh, high-motor guy, very tenacious at the point of attack. Um, and I, I think the um, the natural leverage, too. Like, he, it can, he can very easily get inside your frame and then drive power from that point on. So uh, those are a few guys. I, I think this edge class in particular, if you're looking for that, you know, there's not a blue-chip guy like Will Anderson from last year. 
Uh, and also the depth is a little bit kind of suspect after the top group. So it'll be interesting to see how the Dolphins value that with their medical history at that position. I mean, I, I, I think hopefully Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips are fully healthy and 100% available uh, going forward, but it's not something you can bank on. So if you can get a guy on day two or early day three, I would because the options kind of dwindle after that. There are a few late round guys that I like. I, Iabi Oki Anoma from Charlotte is one that I like a lot. If you're going for like round six or round seven, former five-star recruit who's definitely got that straight line power and athleticism that you look for. Um, but the, the the options are a little slim after that. So I think the mid-round range is what you're looking for. Hey, real quick, uh, Ian, who are the top three linebackers and how high do you think they go? Top three linebackers and how high it's it's tough to rank them, man, because I don't see around one guy. I think maybe top 50, uh, but my top three personally, I've got Cedric Gray up there from North Carolina. I like his game a lot. 6'2", 235, uh, really good at gliding downhill and kind of splicing through lanes, but then also very smooth, instinctive coverage defender. Edgerman Cooper from Texas A&M, very explosive very, very aggressive coming downhill, but also very controlled. I think the way that he can kind of splice past blocks, he's got very good angle awareness, very good block deconstruction ability, and some upside in coverage too. Jeremiah Trotter Jr. didn't have as good of a 2023 as 2022, but I think back in 2022, uh, you saw some very, very high upside at the linebacker spot. I think, you know, the at his peak, I think he was dealing with a hamstring injury for a lot of 2023 and it showed with his mobility at times. But I think, you know, back in 22, 2022, when he was fully healthy, really good lateral mobility, really good explosiveness coming downhill, very instinctive block combatant, very good in coverage, kind of roaming over top, you know, kind of undercutting routes. He had a pick six this year where he kind of showed that route identification ability. Uh, so those are my top guys. Peyton Wilson, if he's healthy, I think medicals will be the big thing for him. But if that if that checks out, he has a case to be the top linebacker too. 6'4", 240, a very, very rangy player, very good tackler, very good finisher. Um, I think that's kind of what you're looking for at that top group. How high do I think they go? You know, I think scarcity will play a role. I think eventually a team's going to have one of them high enough to maybe take them in round two. I don't see any going round one. I think round two is where it starts. You maybe see a half dozen, maybe four or five or six. I think six at the most going on day two. Um, but that's kind of what I'm looking at, at that top group to start out. French mechanic, I appreciate that question. You took the words or you stole the words right out of my mouth. I appreciate that. Um, and uh, thank you so much. I don't know if you have uh, any more time to answer a couple more of our questions. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, we're not, we're limited with picks. Um, we got a round two, a round five and six, and then you got seven. So it feels like more than likely one of these picks are going to be – uh, uh, trade down, but if we stay pat, um, as far as linebackers is concerned, who are your guys around uh, round two and round five, in your opinion, that the Miami Dolphins should consider? Round two, Cedric Gray is the one probably at the top of the list for me. I really like his game. I just think, you know, really solid three down guy. I think if you're looking for reliability and upside, dual sided, Cedric Gray probably provides the best profile for you. Um, a little bit farther down, you know, Trevin Wallace from Kentucky is another one I'll throw out there, too. Uh, he's around 6'1", I think 240. He's got 33-inch arms. So the dude is insanely rangy in the box. I think his pursuit speed, his closing speed to kind of erase gaps and make tackles, very impressive. And then at the senior bowl and coverage drills, 
uh, was really fluid, very, very uh, patient with his depth and was really good covering, covering wheel routes. He's got the speed to a race line uh, running backs out there too. So if you're going with upside physicality, uh, finishing ability and some versatility to projected versatility anyway, uh, Trevin Wallace from Kentucky is another one that's very good. Round five, a few guys that come to mind for me. Aaron Casey from Indiana. He's one that I've liked for a long time. He had 20 tackles for loss this year. So insane production behind the line of scrimmage. He's another pretty dense, well-leveraged guy who is just, you know, a wrecking ball in close quarters. I mean, he attacks blocks with veracity. He's so explosive, you know, straight line. Not the most fluid coverage guy, but I think he's okay. I think he's competent there. I think what you're looking for with him, the big selling point, his gap instincts, his aggressiveness, aggression, playing fast, playing physical, confident downhill, and just making tackles, just making plays, right? So he's a fun one. And then Tyrese Knight from UTEP, uh, kind of a small school guy, another pretty dense guy, around six foot, six one, two forty five, but another guy who is very, very productive, working downhill, and then in coverage, man. I mean, some of the coverage reps that he has on tape. Uh, very instinctive. He will pick out routes early in reps and then kind of loom in, in front of them, manipulate quarterbacks into throwing to those windows and taking advantage. You know, he's very, very um, instinctive, sees the game well. He's got that field vision, but then also has the physicality, the athleticism to capitalize on. So those are some guys in round five. I think I think for the, this linebacker class, it's not super deep at the top end, but if you're the Dolphins and you're looking for a value guy on day three, Similar to the running back group, I think that's where the value is. I think there are a lot of potential gems in that round five, round six, even round seven range. And the fact of the matter is, too, if you can get a really solid defensive tackle early on and shore up that defensive line, make sure you're not losing too much there. You know, you keep those linebackers clean with that solid defensive front. Uh, that can kind of help them elevate their game beyond the draft capital to take them on day three. So that's where the value is. I would love to get a gem there. And I think for the Dolphins in particular, because you mentioned it, they don't have a ton of capital early on that might be the way to go. Well, Ian, man, I really appreciate oh, you for oh, coming on, through. Let me, get, let, me get, let me get my last fullback question. I can't get a oh. fullback <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> it's, it's kind of an insight, you know. Yeah, we, we appreciate you, man. <laughs> Ian, where can, where can we follow, uh, where, where can we uh, follow you and what are you currently working on um, as we continue with the draft. Yeah, for sure. You scared me with the fullback thing. I was like, oh, I, haven't, I, haven't, I, haven't, I, haven't, I don't have any fullbacks yet. Man. Oh, shit. What are we doing here? Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> you can follow me at IC underscore draft on Twitter. Or it's X now. I'm going to keep calling it Twitter. I don't care. That's fine, uh, man. It's, man yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, so it's draft season, man. So we got we had our Senior Bowl recap. We just had our podcast today. But if you want to go back, check out the risers. We've got that. I've got more scouting reports coming out. Um, so that's going to be fun leading up to the NFL combine and then i will be at the nfl combine so we'll be interviewing players we'll be kind of taking take from from center court and we'll be going from there but until the nfl draft scouting reports more analysis and as always remember ic underscore draft on twitter anytime hit me up with questions and i'll try to be responsive when i can but i appreciate appreciate you guys having me on it was fun thank you thank you very awesome thank you so much everything you said about these open offensive tackle was on man listen bro don't pay attention to this guy yeah i'm an offensive line guru right oh boy you're not that guy my question is i I had Javon Foster way higher than Quinn Paul. What are your thoughts on Javon Foster? 
the Missouri Strong kid. Foster. Yeah, I like him a lot. I'll be I'll be honest. I, I got to I need to run a final grade on him to get a true valuation of where he is in relation to Patrick Paul. His but I, hands, man. I, I like him a lot. His his grip strength is insane. I mean, once he latches on, you're not getting free. It's just not gonna happen, right? So yeah, I think you know, again, I, I the flexibility, there are a few times where I'm a little concerned, but at the same time, that's a concern with Paul too. So I think honestly, Javon Foster might be a little bit more athletic, might be a little bit more flexible. And then the hands, man, the grip strength, the power in his punches um, and the physicality too. I mean, when he explodes, he explodes out of his stance. He loads his elbows to get that full power load. Uh, so you'd love to see that. I'm a big fan. I think, you know, right now, probably an early day three guy for me, but again, I got, I need to run a full final grade on him uh, to get a true valuation. I think he could be one of those guys who maybe exceeds his draft capital and goes on to be a solid starter because that senior bowl showing man i think he really kind of punched above his weight kind of proved he belonged that's my pick but that's my tackle one i'm taking if it's not true i'm taking him hey, awesome Thanks again, man. Appreciate you. You yeah, too. Thank you. You too.